Rock and roll, get out of my lab! We saw extraordinary measures, so that means it's time for another Portland at the movies. In a world, in a year, in a time, in a city, in a war that isn't his. Every day in New York City, on the Miami Police Force, in the Deep South, in Portland, Oregon. I'm purifying it out of uh, lactating bovine udder. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. I am one of your hosts, Todd Workhoven, and with me, as always, is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well. I'm doing great. Good, good. And joining us, of course, is Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you today, Brian? Uh, I'm trying to stay awake. You really, yes, you really took the medical, the medical message of this uh, movie seriously. You're you're decked out in your in your science gear. It's a two. It's serving a twofold purpose. Uh, one. It, I figured dressing up would uh, encourage me to uh, do something fun with uh, this otherwise fun less movie. And, <laughs> and I've got these cool goggles on. You can't see my eyes, so if I fall asleep, you won't. We'll be able never to know. Tell. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. Those are like the the flip up uh, welding goggles, which is which is really cool. So yes, you can totally yeah. totally hide your your sleeping. Because yes, this movie uh, came out in two thousand and ten. Uh, Extraordinary Measures. It stars uh, the most recent movie we've seen. Uh, yeah, so far. And I think I'm trying to think. Is that the the newest like big release movie that's been done in Portland? Was Untraceable before or after that? I have I think no. It was before. Don't know off the top of my head. But I think I mean there's a lot of stuff that's been filming here. But I think that was the last like big production that that came through town. Yeah, it's been TV shows since. Yeah, yeah. We really did find our niche. Portland did find us niche in in kind of the TV shows. There's a couple of them, a couple Netflix shows too coming uh, coming to town this next season too. Oh really? Yeah. I saw there's a, a Facebook group that I'm part of that is like the extras casting for all the things. And there's a couple of upcoming projects for for Netflix and a, and a couple other things. So this movie, however. <sighs> How to explain this movie? It, like I said, it stars uh, Harrison Ford, Brendan Fraser, and Carrie Russell are the um, are the main leads. And this story is, like we mentioned, a medical drama. Um, and it is made. The, the first thing that stuck out to me is it made by CBS uh, Studios, which yes. is the television studios. And this movie is basically a lifetime movie. It was weird seeing that CBS logo because yeah. it, it took me out of the movie experience. It really because it was their television logo. It wasn't like their movie arm right. or whatever. It was yeah. just the CBS logo, and that really did set the turn the the tone for like that nineteen eighties after school special special type thing that this is. So this movie is about uh, Brendan Fraser plays a dad in this movie, uh, married to Carrie Russell. Uh, those the Carrie Russell and Brendan Fraser have three kids in this movie. Two of which, uh, ages nine and seven in the movie, have something called Pompeii disease. And basically, Pompeii disease is when your body, let's see if I can get all this medical science uh, that they what threw is What is Pompeii disease? <laughs> this week on the Market Podcast. Um, it sounds like the body miss- is missing an enzyme that converts sugar into glucose, I believe. And because of that, it atrophies your muscles and your organs start to enlarge. And usually by the time you're eight or nine uh you would die so it had a very short life expectancy this movie is about finding um a medical breakthrough that doesn't reverse or cure um well it reverses a little bit it's not cure disease but it allows uh patients to uh live a much longer uh lifespan than it used to be um they're able to synthesize the enzyme and that's what this movie is about and this movie is just about as exciting as the description (laughs) i just gave yes it is a lot of it is a lot of very low, low energy. 
like no one is like even in the scenes where Carrie Russell, Carrie Russell and Brendan Fraser, their their daughter almost dies, and that kind of kicks off part of his search for the, this cure, this enzyme. And I feel like this whole movie, like you know, when you go into uh, to um, to I was gonna say. What is it when you go and you want to get a role in a movie? You go, not rehearse, you audition. I say apply. No, you audition. <laughs> yes, audition. Thank you. And someone is off screen, like reading the other part so that you have someone to react off to. I feel like this movie was all guy off screen reading the other parts of the movie just to have something to react to because it was all just, like I said, very low energy and very. It was. Also, what I had a problem with was how they explained things to the audience in the movie. Um, like, there was a scene where Brendan Fraser uh, tracks down Harrison Ford, and previously we had seen that Brendan Fraser had been spending, like, uh, sleepless nights reading every single paper that Harrison Ford had wrote. And then the first thing he says when he meets him is, like, I want to hear about your research. It's like, you know yeah, about his and research. Then, and then Harrison Ford, I'll, I'll play a little clip of it here. Uh, then Harrison Ford launches into like a lot of this, and this is like this is what the whole movie feels like. I'll play this for maybe like fifteen or twenty seconds, but um, please no more. I know, really. Everybody's making an enzyme, but you can infuse kids all day long with their enzyme, and it's not going to do any good because it's not going to get into their cells. Understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that means so that you can put the sugar. Don't interrupt. I'm making a different version of this enzyme. My enzyme has a biological marker. Anyway, so it just keeps going. I know Brian nodded off there again, <laughs> but it is a lot, and I I don't feel like it was overloaded with science. Like I wasn't getting lost in the technical jargon. I was just getting lost in the boredom. I took I was taking notes and I wrote down forty nine minutes. I'm bored. <laughs> it took you forty nine minutes to get there. <laughs> well, let's let's start off with the positive. Of this movie, and I think that is the Portland location. So we have some some screen caps that you'll be able to see if you're watching the video right now. If not, you can go to the um, portlandofthemovies.com, and, and I'll post these same things. Um, some screen caps of of around town, and I did think that Portland looked really good here. It did. It was slick, sharp, bright. Um, yeah, they showed some nice locations. The, it was busy. It did. It, they did that movie thing again, <laughs> where like Brendan Fraser is getting on the Max train, and it looks like the New York City subway at rush hour. The same thing they did in the Hunted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it looked like they had shots of um, uh, from the from the Fox Tower. They had shots of Pioneer Square. If we were to group all of these these locations, right. uh, we've got several downtown. We've got a lot of hospital shots up up at OHSU and from from the hospital looking out, and we've got the Sky Bridge up at OHSU and and all of this, which I believe w was was the Silver Bullet there yet in 2010. I I saw in the back of one of the shots. One of the um, is that what they're called? What did you call it? The silver bullet? Yeah, the, the tram. Oh, yeah, <laughs> never heard that. No, it's, it's, it looks like, like it's a Is that a mark term? Be, no, no, no. That's what they call it. The real name. What is the real names of those things? Oh, the sky tram. Yeah. Well, no, it's like two Indian, two Indian names. Uh, I think they ended up naming each pod uh, or whatever. Oh, but I, I feel like I saw it in the background, so it was completed. I think this was 2010. Silicon and Kiko. <laughs> And whenever you get on in a place, I need to isolate that sound from from Free Willy again. I need to I need to take the effort to exit because I feel like it's we need not a right. lot. Along like, with Doctor, that's not right. Yeah, uh, 
That's how. And and they did have some shots that were. Um, so th- this movie takes place. Uh, they live in Portland, which I don't think this is. This, oh, by the way, this is also based on what it says. Um, not <laughs> true book inspired by true events is how they state it. So it's very Harrison's for Harrison Ford's character in this movie does not exist in real life. It is an amalgamation between like a Japanese doctor and some other guy. And I have a feeling that since and it, Oscar, the grouch and Oscar, the grouch, uh, I have a feeling because I think Harrison Ford is also one of the producers of this movie. I feel like when he came on board, no, he and, was executive producer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was one of my first questions was how did they get Harrison Ford to star in this lifetime movie? Right. And he was, was it his idea? I mean, like, I mean, he. It, I feel like he, when he came on board, he's like, "I want to play this character." And they're like, "But he's, but he's Japanese." And he's <laughs> like, "Well, we'll just, we'll just write it to be exactly like me, Harrison." Ford. I worked long. <laughs> I, I mean, worked long think, hours already. Do you think Harrison Ford brought w- w- was a driving force of getting this film made? What like was his was a passion project for Harrison Ford? I kind of feel like it has to be. I mean, you or the only way that they were able to get him to agree to do the movie is like, we'll give you executive producer credits. Maybe I don't know, but I mean, but that's the mystery in a lot of these movies. I mean, like just like the Hunted, where you have like three Academy Award winners making a movie, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And I think part of that is the script. Well, and part of, and and we'll back up. So he's the um, Brendan Fraser is the dad who's trying to find this uh, this uh, synthetic enzyme so his kids can have a longer lifespan. Uh, the kids are reaching uh, the age that they usually die. Um, Harris or uh, Brendan Fraser does all this research. Find Harrison Ford's character who lives in Nebraska, who is a researcher that isn't funded but has some sort of breakthrough technology to make this enzyme. They team up together and try to get this drug made and to market, and that's the movie. Yeah, and a lot of it is the process. Of watching how drugs come to market. You know, I think this would have made for a much more interesting podcast than a movie. (laughs) Well, and it was based on a book, which is probably really good. It was a book and a series of articles that was written about this case. And it is kind of an interesting case because it is about like how they call them orphan drugs, which I didn't totally research. I learned that term too. Yeah. Yeah. It's orphan drugs for orphan diseases. The, and that means what? I think they're orphan in the sense that uh, they are. It's kind a of hard knock life. Abandoned, for them? abandoned by the scientific community because there is no, uh, w- w- you know, there's no profit behind. Right. They wouldn't be okay. able to sell enough medicine to right. to make it worth investigating and spend the time and resources developing a cure. Okay. I hadn't really done the math in my head, and so I was I was thinking more about it's going to kill somebody, which was related to you, which would. Make you an orphan, you an but orphan. I didn't re- didn't really put the pieces with... together of like, oh, the person would die would be the kid, little orphan Annie would die, <laughs> right. so maybe, and the parents would still be alive, so it'd just be. <laughs> I don't know if that's math or that's that might that's just English. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just all right, Mark thinking. Well, and I guess it comes back to Harrison I, I, trying to explain what explicate why this movie is not good is. Is kind of baffling because I can't point to one. Can you? I mean, can you point to like Mark? Mark, why was this movie bad? The, I mean, there was there was definitely like character arc and a and a plot and and things that the other bad movies that we watched <laughs> don't have. Uh, but I I feel like just nothing was super relatable maybe. I wasn't invested in the characters yeah uh, you 
everyone felt very flat. Like right. I said, like it you was the first dad. time reading all of this material and they didn't right. quite know yet like how to read it. Like it was a cold read of the entire script <laughs> right. where nobody knew what was going to happen. And and just sporadically Harrison Ford would start shouting. Would start shouting. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, let's I I got a tiny compilation of him Harrison Ford saying a couple things and you'll kind of get the um well, maybe I don't have that. Well, I'll go find that later. So things you did like about the movie? Was there anything? Oh, well, let's keep going through. Let's let's finish the locations. I think we were in the okay. middle of that. Yep. Oh, I was, I was talking about the Nike. They they this film takes place uh, in Portland, Nebraska, a little bit of Seattle, Seattle. and somewhere else. The Seattle shots uh, were at a hospital, supposedly hospital there, but all of that was done on the Nike campus. Um, so there's a couple shots, and they just dressed, you know the the campus to have hospital signs. But, um, but there are some really beautiful shots of around, um, around Portland. So I think the entire movie was filmed in Portland or, or around, uh, around Portland, around Portland. I, yeah. 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 Um, so. all right. So there's downtown, there's downtown. Yeah. Um, and notice, uh, everyone on their cell phone and people holding balloons and doing the things. And then uh, similarly, also Pioneer Courthouse Square, just um, they they had a lot of conversations sitting on the square, looking out over the square. Fox Tower. That's where he worked. Yeah, exactly. Fox Tower was the building that he worked looking out over the the other square. And then one of the neighborhoods we we don't know exactly where it is, but we think I feel like it's in northeast. Like if you go up Sandy to where the Rhinelander, which is no longer there, mm-hmm. used to be, and there's that kind of hillside off to the north where all the like the nice, super nice, rich houses oh, yeah. are. I feel like it's up in that area. Oh yeah, up behind uh, up behind the golf course area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now what's interesting is that they're using a Broadway cab in in that scene, but in another scene they had a cab called Portland River Cab. Which, unless it's a completely defunct company, I feel like they may have made up for the film. It could be because they named one of the hotels the Portland Rose Hotel or a uh, hospital, excuse me, instead of just OHSU, right? Which was the stand-in. So yeah. I found I found our little clip here of um, Harrison Ford saying different things, and you'll see that he has like two speeds, one of which is to barely mumble, and the other one is just to shout like a crazy old man. So. Outstanding cobbler. I'm purifying it out of uh, lactating bovine udder. Uh, I'm not here to cross every T and dot every I, George. And I'm not here to be poked and prodded like a first-year med student. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I already work around the clock. Why don't you just give him my balls in a jelly jar? There's no other way I could get him to come back to the table. Who needs the bastards anyway? Without Rensler, there's no reason for us to even think about other venture groups. Fine, then I won't think about other venture groups. Great. So that I'll take a crap. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. Oh, oh, I you stepped, stepped on, on all the back. Best. All you back. stepped on his crap. Here we go again. We'll go take a crap. <laughs> that meets with your fiscal approval. So yeah, that is it. That is kind of what this whole movie is like, and I it it feels like they thought that was enough to carry the movie because there really is no conflict in this movie. There's little, there's little bits of conflict. Like Brendan Fraser needs the cure. Then he finds Harrison Ford who doesn't want to work for him. Oh, they solved that. Oh, well then they go with this other business and they have a little problem. Oh, they solved that. Oh, then that's going to be the, Oh, they solved that. So it's like these little hiccups that kind of feel like that's going to be the main conflict. And it just results to nothing. Right. You kind of need a, 
there's there's not a bad guy, is there? No, I feel like are we Pompeii disease? <laughs> Pompeii disease is totally the bad guy. Do you think Harrison Ford is supposed to be? I mean, he's obviously supposed to be. I mean, they just spell it out several times. How they what do they call him? Not a rebel, a eccentric. eccentric. Okay, let's talk about. I was going to say, here we go. Brian. I'm going to hand this to you. <laughs> so they classify Harrison Ford as an eccentric, and um, Brendan Fraser is describing to his wife their chances of. Um, this turning out to be a worthwhile venture to save their children. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, he's smart. He's got the science, but he's a little eccentric. Okay, so what, how do they portray him as an eccentric in the movie? The only thing that I could come up with is he likes uh, really good music. He listens to music very loud without headphones so that he can't hear the door knock or the phone ring. Yeah. He Uh, fishes. He said once he yep. sometimes bass yep. fishes. Bass uh, fishes. He drinks his, Budweiser. He's yeah. been married twice, and his second wife loved cats. That's right. Very. This. I mean, very eccentric yes, man. Very. <laughs> so I mean, and that's kind of. It's eccentric on the level of a uh, lifetime uh, special of the week. <laughs> that yeah, it's, that's totally true. And I wonder. I mean, I wish I could could have found out more about. Like I feel like this was destined for that path, and somehow it was like scooped up out of that and like exalted as a real movie. I'm really surprised I didn't see Oprah's name anywhere on this. <laughs> Seriously. That and this is all very, and I haven't seen the movie, but I've been thinking this all week. Lorenzo's oil. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> Which I, I think is about the same thing where like a dad goes to like find the cure for yes. And it's called, it just always had a terrible title, which is why I never saw it. Right. Lorenzo's oil. I, I don't judge a movie by its title. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw that, and I don't. It was so like it has all the bones of it, but that's another thing too. Like we were talking before we recorded, Brian, about um, what Brendan Fraser's character does for a living. So what is it that before he leaves his job to pursue this to go into business with Harrison Ford's character to find the cure? What did he do? He was a businessman. He was. <laughs> He was a businessman. His daughter says, but daddy, you're a businessman. And he says, yes, I am. And the other two things that they bring up, they're in some sort of meeting in his office and they ask for the marketing materials. And the other time they ask, are you going to the product launch? (laughs) So it's like this terrible Mad Libs or like first level improv of like, I am at a business meeting. There's a phone call. Hello, is that product launch ready? Oh, now my thing is ready. I have an email. Business, business, business. Mark, have you seen uh, the VR video game Job Simulator? I, yeah, I, I have seen it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but yeah, it is. That it, is entirely what it reminded me of. Time to job. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Um, what, oh, you want to look, how? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, why don't we... Uh, finish what we started <laughs> finish this part so that uh, i can get this off my screen <laughs> so stop. i never have to think about this movie ever again <laughs> uh yeah so that's a, a bland neighborhood in uh, portland and then portland and then this one's titled portland uh, even though it's not you're right <laughs> that's in lake oswego, lake oswego. So it's beautiful beautiful house looking out over the willamette river and uh, pretty kick-ass mount hood in the background yep 
Um, the other side of the Fox Tower. Yeah, so Brendan Fraser's office was on the side of the Fox Tower that overlooked Pioneer Court Square. Looking have, east. Looking east, and they have a doctor's appointment on the other side of the building. He just walked the across the hall. <laughs> yeah, so it was very conveniently <laughs> located. And of course... Uh, because of this movie. Maybe we should just call it Oaks Park at the movies. Uh, <laughs> That's right, every, every single movie that we have. Now, has it the, been 100%? No. Well, Halloween Town not because that wasn't really in Portland. But I I want to say the rest of them did. Breaking In. Breaking In, Free Willy. Is The Hunted? Um, I feel like The Hunted, yeah, because they had the slow, didn't they have the, like a slow speed chase through there or something I, like that? Was, that like might have been Breaking cops. In. But uh, anyway, I don't think Fatal Revenge did. I well, think it's probably uh, they get a tax break for filming in Oregon, and they're like, "But you have to film it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like at it's this part point, of the small print. That's probably why Oaks. Uh, the look hasn't changed in so many years. They have to keep it the same way because Hollywood is like, it's "We for, need that little old continuity." Park. Yeah. <laughs> it's... So here's another. I think my favorite part of the movie, and it just typified what I think the feeling of this movie. So so Harrison Ford is an older man we can say that but he still loves to do the jackie chan thing of i can do my own stunts so what scene Are you in this saying movie, there was a stunt in this movie what scene in this movie do you think harrison ford made them include to show off his physical prowess do you remember um oh was it when they the generator the the power goes out no that was okay. good too though it's when he so Harrison's Ford character finally is convinced to work with Brendan Fraser. So he comes out to Oregon and knocks on Brendan Fraser's family's door. And the oh, little, the yes, little girl, and yes. we should say the little girl and the little boy that had the disease are wheelchair bound, and they have to breathe through ventilators, and they can't move. They have motorized wheelchairs, and this precocious little girl who has this Pompey's disease comes to the door and you know ribs Harrison's Ford character and and um, says that her favorite subject at school is PE, where they get to do the sprints or the whatever the 100 meter dash or whatever and so harrison ford's like you're, you're in a wheelchair or whatever he does and so the Try girl and keep up yeah and so they go outside you know and the girl has a fast wheelchair and she's zooming down the street and harrison ford is lumbering Lumber. after an electric wheelchair barely keeping Thanks. up there's no better word than lumbering oh, for what it was, he was and doing. I just felt like he was like, "You guys, I gotta, I gotta show him. I can still do. I can still run. I can still do the stunts." And oh, it was just, it was not, it was not good. Poor Harrison Ford. Okay, so, uh, so Portland Rose Hospital. Portland Rose Hospital. Uh, with, that's the Skybridge uh, up at OHSU between OHSU and the VA hospital. And then uh, this is Nike Campus. Yeah, uh, yeah. which uh, was the, By a big pond. In the movie served as the headquarters of the large... Uh, yeah, Megacorp. In yeah. Seattle. Yep. Standing in for Seattle. Is. <laughs> it was Beaverton. <laughs> and... Uh, a Laurelhurst Park made uh, a uh, cameo as well. I think that's uh, making its debut on Portland at the movies. Oh, it yeah. is, Laurelhurst yeah. Park. Yep. So they're feeding ducks down by the um, at the lake. That was the sad scene where the second. So the nine year the girl is nine years old, and the and the boy in the movie is seven years old, which is weird because the real life story they were like five and four, right? Um, so to make it more dramatic, to make more to dramatic, some because tension. at one point, oh my gosh! So they're talking to this one doctor. They're like, hey, you know, you gotta in the scene that we just saw the the picture of at the other side of the Fox Tower that that medical meeting, and 
they're pressing the doctor, you know, how much time? And the doctor's like, well, I can't say, you know, I don't. And they're like, you got to tell us. And, and she says, well, something about the age nine or something like that. And the next second they show the birthday party cake, a picture of the bird last birthday party with a big eight, eight. on yeah. it. So it's like, you know, it's she's like the gonna, doomsday clock. Yeah. Ticking in. And then, uh, it, yeah. So they're there, um, feeding, feeding the, the ducks. ducks and it, with the it, little boy, his, the boy can't, can't throw his throw thing anymore because his muscles duck. are atrophying. And then Brendan yep. Frazier, I did like that scene where then he was like helping him throw the, throw the little uh, bread into the, into the water for the ducks. Yep. And then uh, Manzanita Beach, I think. Manzanita yeah. Beach. Which and, they and had. The only reason we know that is <laughs> thanks to our friends at the Oregonian, uh, which we will get to. Did you include that photo in this group, Todd? Oh, I didn't. I didn't uh, put that. Yeah, they've had a nice, uh, a nice little map of all the different filming locations. So, yes, thank you. Thank oh, you really? for that. They were doing our work for us. Doing our work for it, us. If um, only every movie we watched came with a map showing the filming locations. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a, a the, that scene where it's like a little family day trip for Brendan Fraser and Carrie Russell and their three kids to the beach. And it most like it usually is on the Oregon coast, just windier than crap. And these, they've got two poor kids out there strapped into a wheelchair, like being with a breathing, tube. With a breathing mm-hmm. tube and there's just like sand mm-hmm. everywhere and the wind is blowing. And, um, I was thinking there's no way that those, those are just kid actors. I think so. Cause yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. click on their thing, but I would imagine that they are not, they did not have Pompeii's disease. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's a really niche actor. That would really change my entire <laughs> few. But I mean, the, as much as the girl bothered me, I think it was just the character that bothered me. I thought the kids were fine in this movie. No, I thought the girl yeah. was uh, really good. Actually. Yeah. And who, uh, who was that guy that there's the one dad who comes from the South and he's a, he's a famous, Courtney B. Vance. Why do I know that name? Didn't you say it was a father? Well, he was. Is Courtney a guy's name? No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a this this guy's name. Oh, so he was like the guy from the south that came up. His daughter couldn't make it. Oh, right. Like, Here's a picture of my daughter. I don't. He didn't talk like that. I don't know why. <laughs> he was in the. Oh, he worked with Bridget. Oh, he's in the new Mummy. Oh, funny. Oh, the uh, one. But he's yeah. He has been working constantly and in, in tons of stuff. Uh, Courtney B. Vance. Hmm. So he, he, I would say, is probably the other the other big name out of this movie. What? Okay, okay. You know who's in this movie that if you didn't know it, oh. you would never know? Uh, D. Wallace. Yes, but why do I know her? Because that's not who I was thinking oh, of. Oh, well, I know she, that name. She was the mom in like every '80s movie, uh, including <coughs> like E.T. and oh, Critters. Okay, then who was she in this movie? She was the bartender who was in the movie what? for all of like ten seconds, well, and she got the... like third billing. And Alan Ruck, who is um, right, who's on Spin City, who is uh, Ferris Bueller's best friend, Cameron in oh. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Was in the movie for like twenty seconds. He's like one of Brendan Fraser's coworkers or something. Like right? That. Yeah he he was was he criticizing him or basically like you should just uh, you know suck it up basically spend time with your kids don't go after right the, don't go chasing this go, because it's going to take time away from your eight year old who's almost nine and the doctor said she'll die then right so man and it I mean are we done with locations no. Okay, let's keep going then, because I'll just keep getting distracted. Okay, thanks. It's the best parts of the movie. Uh, 
There really was. Ooh. So the, the corner saloon, the corner saloon, which is down at uh, Wanker's Corner, Wanker's corner. Tualatin. Yep. Right by my church. Is that the real name of the bar or just in the movie? Uh, no, it is the corner saloon in real life. It's nice. that same sign. So in the movie, it's suppo- we're in Nebraska. Right. This is in Nebraska. It looks like a Nebraska bar. Uh, it does. And, it totally looks like a country bar. And that is all. And that is all. <laughs> so we, but yeah, I, I, Portland did look really good in this movie, I thought. And, but I was thinking, too, it's, it's kind of like I said they were reading the other part off the screen during the audition. Part of it is like they were reading it for the first time. But the other feeling I got was that it was just so generic. It was like, movie, you know, when they film in, in Vancouver, B.C. to get like generic big city. Like, I feel like this was generic medical movie right. in the same way. There was like nothing to grab onto. It felt very generic. Why do you think this movie was made? I imagine there was a big response to the book. Uh, one of the writers of the book, I believe, won a Pulitzer Prize. I don't know if it was for this book or if she's just a Pulitzer Prize winner. Huh. Um, so I have a feeling. And, and like, I, like we said, I feel like if you would read the story or like even go read an article about this movie, it will tell you the story of, of, of what happened in, in real life. And I feel like that is a compelling story. But when you break it down, like we said, there's not a lot of conflict. There's not a lot of... There's not a lot of anything. It almost felt like an extended uh, commercial for the drug. <laughs> really did. <laughs> I felt all this it was, movie brought to you by Pfizer. All it was missing was like uh, Wilford Brimley there talking about diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing that drove me crazy is like sometimes in this movie they had cell phones and sometimes they didn't, and they would have like when they were on the beach they had a cell phone. But then, like, other times, it's like he was late to the birthday party, and, like, why didn't he just call? And there's a couple of those things where it's like it could have easily been solved. old movie logic. But then at one point, like, when they were at the beach and Brendan Fraser gets a phone call on his cell phone that now appeared, the son was like, Dad, you're always taking calls on that cell phone. And I'm like, no, he's not. (laughs) You are a liar, kid. (laughs) But, yeah, it didn't didn't make any sense to me. One question I had watching this – I kept hearing the kids say something about a ripstick. Yeah. And I had no idea what that was. Okay, I do know what this is. Uh, a ripstick is like a skateboard that has a a hinge in the middle and you put your uh foot one foot on each of the each of the sides and you move your feet up and down and that is what moves the uh it's it's called a ripstick, but it's like a skateboard that you move uh, with it. they're really hard too, especially if you're old, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but that really did like – I had to look that up, and then when I saw a picture, I felt really old. <laughs> but they like called that out specifically. They're like, are you bringing your ripstick? And I think I'm it's like, like a – it's like a brand. It's like Xerox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, I mean, ripstick paid some money to have it included in a Harrison Ford movie. <laughs> think of all those kids watching this medical drama starring this crotchety old man. That's where all the money is. So this movie, uh, 6.5 – on IMDb, which with out the, of ten, out of or 10, like out of a hundred, uh, out of ten, <laughs> okay, out of ten, <laughs> well, which could be either. So six point five. That that's a relatively a high uh, number on IMDb, uh, with the exception of Halloween Town. That's the highest rated movie that we've watched yet. Really? Yeah. See, oh, which okay. is completely uh, inverse with our enjoyment of the movies. Yeah. Because the lowest rated movie currently is uh, Fatal Revenge at 3.3. <laughs> ah, Fatal Revenge. 
that's a case of people having no taste though (laughs) (laughs) but i would say i mean i i would compare this directly to maybe the hunted as far as like the budget and the effort and the and the stars and the and the power that came with it and i would say the hunted is way more enjoyable than 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 this movie yes i I would in no way recommend anyone watch this (laughs) (laughs) And, and so at the end who so the other character in it that I think is supposed to be the bad guy is the pharmaceutical or the the ex, the executive that is in charge of the right. research teams. The research teams are trying to find the enzyme, fix that problem, and then there's the guy in charge of it or the corporate is what they kind of kept feeling. He was always trying to shut them down or do something or other. Be objective. <laughs> yeah, he was always yelling, be objective, and yeah. like, we can't do that. This is science because Brendan Fraser's character is an outsider, and they don't like – Right. Outsiders. And He's I, an outsider who also has two kids that have the disease, and he's never done this before at all. And he he's just met this doctor. And so, like, the fact so that the corporate they put, doctor has legit, like, legit <laughs> yes. concerns, ethical and medical dilemmas that are very real. I, I think and of, he's made out to be the bad guy. I, Brendan Fraser gathers the entire staff, including the president of the company for a morning meeting with that, you know, and, and just victims of the, of the disease. Right. I, I just think about like how that might go down in my company of like <laughs> some junior person pulling, like it, it was just in corporate world. I just don't see how that could have taken place right. uh, without, it just but see it's probably compelling we wouldn't know watching the movie but that part of it probably (laughs) was pretty compelling but the way they solve it is just yeah to like heap on that corporate guy like all of this stuff that are legitimate concerns like they are very real problems that they have to address and like they make him (laughs) the bad guy and at one point towards the end of the movie and this is when i was telling brian before this like usually for these movies i'll have a good four pages of notes both sides of stuff that you know i wanted to bring up this i have three that are half filled (laughs) and at this point this is like 15 minutes before the end and i just started scrolling i'm so bored but then that corporate guy starts yelling at either uh brendan fraser or harrison ford something about Eric's going to have your ass or there's like the third time he referenced eric and i have no idea who eric was it's the ceo who? Who's the CEO? That old guy that was in, uh, he, he was the one speaking French in one of the, he was on the phone speaking French when he welcomed. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, did you watch a better movie? <laughs> did you accidentally watch something that was good? So, Extreme measures. I know. <laughs> I did keep giving that confused with the Hugh Grant, Gene Hackman film, Extreme Measures. So there were two <laughs> pharmaceutical companies. There was one that had two people in it, Harrison Ford and what's Brendan, his Fraser. Name? Brendan Fraser. And theirs got purchased by the big company. Right, right, right. The big company, the CEO of that big company, uh, the company was actually French. And so he was the local... Okay, the you know, branch operator, the branch, or whatever. right? And, and so he's on the phone in his office speaking French back to corporate, and oh, I've got it. I'm in this meeting. He's just but saying Brendan that. Fraser comes in and he's like, uh, I I want you to come in. I'm on this call, but I I just want to let you know we're really happy that 
you're on board. And it's that guy. Was he Harrison Ford friend? Harrison Ford's friend that no. after their initial meeting and then they're walking to the, and Harrison Ford has his yelly melt, meltdown and then Brendan no, Fraser. That goes was the investor. Is it, is it the one that fires Brendan Fraser? No, because that's the bad guy. That's the corporate guy. <laughs> Who is Eric? Why is he so mad at everyone? Does it, it matter? Because there was the guy that Harrison Ford, Brendan Fraser, like you got to apologize, man. You you really blew it in that meeting, and it's not it's not personal. It's business. And Harrison Ford goes, that was personal. But we never find out why or who. Or is there anything behind that? Is he making it up? Or... That's true. <laughs> so was that Eric, that old guy? Who no, no, that was the demanded science. No, that that he was a <laughs> that guy that you're referring to yeah. was a scientist turned investor. Okay, because he made his money in pharma, big pharma somehow, and okay. so he had the driver and the big house and all the stuff. Right, and that's how they got funding the for the two. Capital. Yeah, he was the venture capital group guy, Rinsler. Right yeah, yeah. You're right. Did you look that up, or did you just remember? No, it? I remembered that. Right. No, you got to remember Rinsler. You don't remember Rinsler? <laughs> and they were in Chicago. Eric Rinsler. <laughs> they yeah, purchased some uh, stock Chicago. Oh, that's right. That one did have some, uh, some Chicago. stock Chicago footage. Yep. Okay, so CEO Eric Loring, <laughs> played by Patrick Bacow. Bacow. Uh, it's that guy. The he was not in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, that was the, the French speaking CEO dude. <coughs> anyway, I just and that was at the end, and that's when I just got really angry because I was like, "Who's Eric? Who are? They? What are we talking about?" And then so, go ahead. It's going to completely change the topic. Go ahead. You know what's going to uh, date this movie in a number of years is uh, the scene when they're playing video games. Do you remember what they were playing? No, they were playing Wii. And they they're oh, playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, yeah. playing Wii Sports and they were doing Wii Bowling. That's right, because the kids were in the wheelchair and they could do the bowling thing. And yeah. that's when I wrote down, they have a Wii but no cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They like bowling in this movie. They like bowling in this movie. You didn't get a picture of it, but they also went to a uh, local bowling establishment. Oh, that's right. I forgot to upload that one. That would, What's that called? That's out in... Big Al's. That's Big Al's. Right. I didn't think it was a real place, but I looked it up, and it looks I feel amazing. Like a, yeah, yeah Big Al's is great. I've been to the Vancouver one. Uh, it's I think it's I've fantastic. been. It's out toward Gresham or something like that. It's expensive. Yeah. Um, so toward the end of the movie, or whatever, they, they... I'm not done talking about oh, bowling, oh, Todd. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good. Did you, did you see the girl, how she was bowling in a wheelchair? Did she use one of the um, ramps, ramp things? Yeah, you like push the ball. Yeah, yeah that, I, I'd never seen that before. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. really? That's oh yeah, thing. they have. You, cool. They're usually hiding like around the corner or whatever. It's the curved ramp, so you just set the ball on, it'll go, and you kind of aim it or whatever. Yeah. yeah, for either kids or older people or yeah, people or can't. me. Or I just do it. <laughs> I just use it because it's easier <laughs> with the bumper lanes. <laughs> totally with the bumper. There's no other other way except with the bumper lanes. Uh, so at the end of the movie, they get the enzyme all figured out. Um, it's a completely happy ending. It, not only do Spoilers. they get the medication. Everyone they're, lives. They're allowed to test on because the thing was that they want Brendan Fraser's two kids to be the subjects of the testing for this. But they can't do it, obviously, because Brendan Fraser is part of the, one of the executives of the company. And there's, again, legitimate ethical concerns. Conflict of concerns. interest. Um, so they fire Brendan Fraser's character. To remove that conflict of interest and somehow in the process oh because they sold their company to the bigger conglomerate Genetech or whatever and no, no in, in, in a tech, that's the, in a tech was the company from office space 
um, Brendan Fraser's character gets Cyberdyne. Like, cra- crazy rich, which is why they live in that nice that nice house we've had the screen grab of. Um, so yeah, he gets rich. His kids and those kids are still alive. I looked up that, so they are. They're well. like fifteen and no, actually they're like ten and thirteen or something like that right now, but doing huh. well. And their their organ because of this enzyme, their organs have returned to their um, the regular shape. They're not enlarged anymore, and that was the big. The big concern about this disease is that not only it atrophies you, but your organs get enlarged and your body can't handle it. So, but they give them this at the end. The end scene, they give the two kids um, this enzyme and like a little saline drip or whatever, and almost immediately they like are have full of energy and they're giggling and they're like, oh, it's working. That's a sugar high that they're on. And because it's the first time that their body right. can like make its own sugar. And it was just so ridiculous. It was so dumb. It's so dumb that they chose to like immediately pay it off. Like, cause even the nurse was like, well, it might take a while, right. but like the next morning it gets all, uh, so and it wasn't only that, it was, you could hear the kids down the hall giggling, which then, uh, you know, per, uh, piqued the interest of the parents who were down the hallway, like, what are we, what are we hearing? And let's go. And then the, there was also a lot of montages in this, <laughs> in this movie that, uh, there, a surprising there, amount of medical montages. There, there was the, the montage of, Harrison Ford, do you do you remember? Um, I, I don't remember any there, Was there loud rock music playing? There, there, there. Oh, I think one of them was. They were playing the Weight by yeah. the band. Nice. This I, movie had a killer soundtrack. That it was did my, have some good music. It, in that it. was my favorite part. Yeah, it, my favorite it, part, besides the whatever I said last time, was my favorite part. Was when. Um, Brendan Fraser goes to Nebraska to find Harrison Ford at the very beginning. And he walks into uh, Harrison Ford's character works for the university of Nevada. And uh, Brendan Fraser walks into his, the science building or whatever. And there's this lady and he's obviously there to meet Harrison Ford. And this lady comes out who's not a secretary. I mean, it's, it's a university, so they don't have secretaries running around, but she comes out and she's like, she basically says, you're going to have to wait a long time. You know, you better get comfortable because, He's eccentric, or was the message why he couldn't just come out to meet a man who's traveled halfway across the country's been right, right. That so was... Brendan Fraser sits down in the waiting room of this college building, which has a waiting room, and they and imply it, that he sits there for like it gets, eight hours. Yeah, and it gets dark, and then Harrison Ford comes out and walks down the hall without seeing him. But Brendan Fraser is not asleep in the scene. He doesn't bother to look to see who's walking down the hall. So he clearly Ford hears the man yeah. loudly walking past, sh- ambling, shuffling Harrison Ford past him. And then that late, I mean, it's dark. It's in the middle of the night. And who pops out of nowhere? But that lady who was there earlier being like, oh, you just missed him. Like she was waiting in the shadows. She was the one that said, oh, wait, Dr. Stonehill. You was just she? left. Yes. So finally Harrison Ford walks out, you know, and Brendan Fraser doesn't miss him in the middle of the night. And that lady like. Hops out of the darkness. Dr. Stonehill, someone's waiting for you. It was so ridiculous. So can we talk about reviews? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you cannot wait to to end this <laughs> this movie. Because so, it, uh, I, so I did find the Oregonians review of the movie when oh, it came cool, out. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And they liked it. 
Um, really? And they actually they had another in-depth article about how they had the premiere um, was shown at Nike, and it was the very first film that Nike, the first major studio film that Nike allowed to be filmed on their campus. Wow. And Nike uh, donated the $60,000 that they paid them to film there to the Dornbecker Children's Hospital. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the review may be a little bit biased because it's it reads like a Portland love fest, right? But um, it, they do say, besides the historic tone of the commercials, there's another no. Uh, besides the histrionic tone of the commercials, there's another reason to be suspicious of extraordinary measures. It was largely filmed in Portland, <laughs> while home, oh, they're onto it. While homegrown talent and indie films have a solid track record here, the results have been decidedly mixed when Hollywood comes to town. Although it's no early Oscar favorite, Measures stands tall against such titles as Feast of Love, Mr. Brooks, and The Burning Plain. <laughs> that that has stunned me into silence. I've heard of Mr. Brooks was filmed here. What are those other two? Exactly. So are they on our list now? They now are. Remember, I told you this oh, yeah. week. I <laughs> added two new two. movies, and that's where I heard of them. I just am shocked. Burning like, out of the feast? woodwork. These feast titles. Of love. What We've already got like fifty titles on our list of Portland movies, which there is no single one list of all the movies filmed in Portland. No. Like every single one is incomplete. Yep. And as far as I know, we're compiling that is the our most mission. Comprehensive <laughs> list of films. It's really true because there is there's like a wikipedia like filmed in it's, oregon but even yep, those not no so we now have feast of love and the burning plane feast of love wow um so uh todd what did you find uh the critical reaction to be to extraordinary measures there was i would say a five to one ratio on amazon.com of five star reviews of this what? movie what it is very well loved i think it was in the 60 67 percent um uh, don't quote me on that. Okay, so let me say one more thing. Uh, I said earlier that it has a 6.5 on IMDb, which is relatively high. Uh -huh. It has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, interesting. Which is pretty low. Interesting. So uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I think... Um, aggregates gets it well you know the movie the the reviews are typically when the movie comes out um and those are the reviews that uh you, they build the number from right. on rotten tomatoes and then imdb it's more user reviews and it's, it's more reflective of uh how people feel about the movie now well i think it's a, a reflective of a lot of things um not necessarily watching the movie is one of them as we'll discover in some of these five star reviews. okay so um from Where's... movie fan Based on a true situation. I really like that kind of story. Five stars. <laughs> That's it? Yep. What? From Olden Mother. Love this movie. I'm very picky about my movies. Movie arrived early. Thanks for your diligence. Five stars to you. From Rose Deshano. Arrived in good shape. Thank you. All caps. Arrived in good shape. Are these these are just these the are all five reviews? stars Amazon reviews. The DVD was round. Extraordinary Thank you. measures. Um, brilliant story. It's about my family, says Martin Halloran, whose profile I picked. Halloran, and who uh, has that's, uh, that's uh, um, the hunted Halloran. The oh, that's right. It's probably him. So Martin Halloran, I clicked on his bio, and uh, he has reviewed four things. <laughs> On Amazon, uh, the very first thing is Extraordinary Measures in 2015. So wait, this movie was like impacted him enough to to write his first his review. First review out of four reviews that he's written. The second one, the, the two of them came on December nine. One of them was a um, lightweight professional vacuum. One of them was a leather toilet bag, a toilet a toiletry bag, 
And just recently on February 2, Martin Halloran reviewed the light blue LED flush mount ceiling light. <laughs> so those things and extraordinary measures. So I don't know why he's saying brilliant story. It's about my family. Do you think these people are getting paid to just review anything on Amazon? I don't know. But Dottie Ruffles says, yep, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> And what I think is probably my favorite review I've ever seen on Amazon. It is a, not a one star, it is not a five star, it is a three out of five stars from Amazon customer. I have no idea what this is. I didn't purchase it. <laughs> three stars. Not zero stars, not one star. I don't know what this is. I didn't see it. Three stars. So there's your... There's your extraordinary measures uh, wrap up. Would you uh, recommend seeing this movie? Uh, no. no, I think definitely, I already... definitely, definitely not. No. What about if you were a fan of like the Lifetime drama medical type movies? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what I mean. Like they have no. those disease of the week movies. I remember Bob Saget did one about scleroderma, which is a condition that his sister has where your skin turns to scales. Oh, wow. And it freezes your body. You know, filmed I, in Portland, I hope. I've seen school ties a dozen <coughs> times and I used to be a Brendan Fraser fan and I would hashtag love the not. Mummy. Have you seen the hashtag not my mummy? That's come <laughs> out for the, for the new Tom Cruise mummy. That's, that's great. <laughs> Um, school ties. I was just looking at that VHS yesterday. That had everybody in it. Amazing. That was that, no, today's Brad Or yeah, yeah. today's. Uh, what was that movie? The the, the Outsiders was that the one? Like right. all those totally, guys were totally, in. Totally, yeah. There's probably better examples of it, yes. but I don't know. I yeah, would recommend it uh, for people who want to hear Harrison Ford say, "I'm going to go take a crap." <laughs> yeah, but then again, they already heard it here, so I guess you can go find that clip on YouTube. So yeah, go find a clip on YouTube. Like I said, it's a lot of here's a, here's a little bit of the discussion between Harrison Ford and <clears throat> and Brendan Fraser, but it's a lot of just. Shit! If it was my kids dying, I wouldn't have hesitated to crush you like a bug. He he does fold remarkably easily. Like Harrison for being this gruff staunch uh eccentric you know, eccentric like plays by his own rules uh, he yells and he's like all right all right I'll no, no and you're right he does that like three times he totally, <laughs> totally. he just he does it. uh and also uh the the montage was when uh they were presenting to the investors yes and, oh i do remember that and then uh you know uh, and the investors are like all right, schoolboy, you've got all your charts and graphs, but we really came to hear it from the master and point yeah. over at Harrison Ford. And then there's this like extraordinarily long montage of Harrison Ford montage. At, at, at a whiteboard. <laughs> That's right. With PowerPoint. Like, yeah, like pointing to things with his marker. We need a montage. <laughs> and it was like a three-minute presentation. I mean, it's not like they were there for days. <laughs> Did you also notice how Harrison Ford was uh, slipping into Han Solo or Indiana Jones a bit and calling everyone kid? Kid. kid. And yeah. Yeah, he called yeah. him Jersey. Hey, kid, you lost today, but you don't have to like it. Yeah. Well, that and I played the clip before of Get Off My Plane from uh, <laughs> from Air Force One. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, yeah, you can go 
see some clips on YouTube. It'll give you a very quick idea of what this, but, but it, like I said, there's gotta be better examples of, if, if you like the kind of movie that are medical dramas or, 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 or things like that, there's, there's much better examples of it. So I would say, look at the screen captures of what Portland looked like on portlandthemovies.com and, and call it a day on that one. Yep. All right. Mark, that's your, that's your take on it too. Yeah, yeah. Is a big is a big fat no. Yeah, it's a big fat. I felt like I was having to write a book report for school on a book that I didn't like reading. Well, a lot of the reviews said we watched this in our medical class or whatever, and there's a lot of people talking about the the legalities of bringing a drug to market, which. Maybe if you're super into that, it would be good. If you work in the industry, if you work in the, <laughs> this just didn't seem specifically so accurate. Like it, you know, if you're if you're gonna watch a medical movie, like yeah. this isn't a. I would go read an article. This about, is a hallmark. I think it, I think it would have made a good podcast series. You know, yeah, yeah like listening a serial to the story type. unfold. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true too. We won't be doing that. No, <laughs> that'll be season two of Portland at the movies is us doing a 10 episode reenactment <laughs> of the true story. Do you have the uh, serial theme song that you can cue up? I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, that brings us to the end. Yeah. Of this episode. The which best means part where we get to talk about a different movie. We get to talk finally about a different movie. Will it be better than Extraordinary Measures? We don't know. We have we had this rigged up on our screen. Gosh, I hope so. Oh, screen, I can still do this. Oh, we can still we yeah. can still do it on your, yeah. We yeah. So, so we I'm found a little app that has a, a spinning wheel and we put five different movies on it from our list. So uh, Mark, when you find okay. that you can read so off our movies. Got it here. Yeah, can you read the options? Uh, so we have Cabin Fever from okay. twenty sixteen. I loved the original. That was a remake. We have Brain Smasher, a, uh, a, a love, love story. story. Uh, then Frozen Assets, Permanent Record with Keanu Reeves, with Keanu Reeves, and Kansas City Bomber with from Ra- 1972 with Raquel oh. Welsh. Oh wow, <gasps> that sounds amazing. Okay, okay, so here we go. I'm here gonna go. click to spin. Beep 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 beep. beep. Kansas City Bomber from Kansas 1972. Kansas City Bomber from yes. 1972. Wow. Wow. As we all frantically Google <laughs> Kansas, <laughs> Kansas City Bombers. Bomber. Bomber. Oh, I should. That's a, that's a cross I barely knew her. There. Bomber. I barely knew her. All right. Uh, speaking of, you can hear me and Mark doing the Mark and Todd cast uh, every week that we're not doing Portland at the Movies. So we do three three weeks of Mark and Todd cast and then one week of Portland at the Movies, uh, Mark and Todd cast. We talk about science, uh, science stories, and Brian, the new paper, comes on to talk about what's going on in Portland. Uh, you can find that at markandtodcast.com. And you can find Portland at the Movies also at Fun Employment Radio on the Fun Employment Radio network. Uh, they've got a great network of a bunch of shows. Um, they just hosted, uh, Greg and Sarah just hosted the Portland Beard and Mustache Competition down at Dante's this past weekend. Um, and they've also got other great shows on there. I was just looking at Geek in the City, which is Aaron Duran's uh, podcast. They're doing a, a nice long podcast that has to do with uh, brewing and a spoiler, spoilerific review of Wonder Woman. Um, so if you are a geek, definitely check out uh, Geek in the City at geekinthecity.com. All on the Fun Employment Radio Network. Um I think that about wraps us up for this time. Any last thoughts? Don't no, none from don't Kansas go. City Bombers. Kansas City Bombers. Here's to uh, I guess this set a new bar. We're starting. We're restarting low with expectations. I do have a question. Which movie was better or worse, this or Breaking In? 
Oof. Uh, I I liked breaking in more. I think I did too. I'm, it's going to be unanimous. <laughs> I never thought I would say that. Right. Go see. Well, don't go see breaking in. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, find us at portlandmovies.com. This is episode number eight, so we've already done um, a bunch of movies. They're fun to go listen to. So find that at portlandmovies.com and send us a message at facebook.com slash portland at the movies. Other than that, we will see you guys uh, next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.